This podcast is Entel Enhanced. To see pictures, articles and links of what's being discussed, download the Entel app. Hello, welcome to the Big Scuba Show. Hello everyone, I'm Ken Kiefer. And I'm Kimber Kiefer. And we're joining Ian and Gemma on the Big Scuba Podcast, talking about underwater photography. We're a husband and wife team, and we like to get with anything underwater and spread the message. podcast we are back and thank you for downloading this episode my name is ian and on the zoom with me is Gemma in pinkfield on zoom yes with the usual satellite delay as always <laughs> well done brilliant thank you and uh, yes we are back so if you are downloading us for the first time want to say thank you and welcome um, so we've been going about just over a year now, yeah. and um, if you look back at our history, we've interviewed a whole range of different guests, explorers, divers, NASA astronaut, uh, yeah. marine biologists, and who else? We uh, cosmetic manufacturers, stream to sea. Yeah, mine clearers, mm-hmm. all sorts. So uh, there's a lot. I'm pretty sure that everybody will be able to find something that they like. Um, So coming up on this episode, we have um, some really interesting guests this time for you again, don't we? And uh, their name is Ken and... Kimber Kiefer. Yes, well done. And uh, yeah, so they're they're up on the big scuba later on for us to uh, have a chat to. They are in Texas. Mm, it's their morning. Yeah, they're, I think in Texas, they just had a really big storm out there as well, not they? Yeah. Uh, which brought them all out um, a bit because they, they don't often get really bad winter storms in Texas. And, uh, and Texas being the one that is the biggest state in the US, you know, is, is sort of, I suppose they get all sorts of climates, don't they? Because that's yeah. bigger than what the UK is, isn't it? It's a huge yeah. state. It got incredibly cold and they were on the news because uh, all the turbo cold shock into building, warming them up and then you see. Yeah, yes, um, about 80,000 turtles they rescued, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Massive amount. Yeah. Yeah, so that was good. Uh, so we're talking to them. Uh, we should have spoke to them last, it should have been last week, I think, or the week before. Oh, that was when the storms were happening, wasn't it? So that's why we're here. Uh, so a couple of weeks ago, we spoke to our good friend Gary Dallas, and that's all out in the airways to be downloaded uh, in the usual places. Uh, if you, uh, by the time this goes out, our previous episode will be with Francesca Trotman. Francesca Trotman. And that, yes, that's, uh, I knew I'd get her name wrong. Francesca. Jessica. Francesca Trotman. Uh, love the oceans. And uh, look, look, look her up on that. And uh, But before we do that, let's have a little quick chat about what you've been up to, Jen. What have been doing? What have we been up to? We've been carrying on with our fitness and also litter pictures. Yeah. Yeah, this is really good. Uh, got to do something with plastic waste, haven't you? Yeah, well, got to do... Yeah. And there's quite a few people doing 
uh, beach art these days. Yeah, even it's not just with plastic. People are doing it with shell, uh, even like little. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's, it's good that we all, we find home for all these bits and pieces. So that's really good. And of course, you know, we find ourselves with slowly, slowly getting our way out of the lockdown bit by bit. And uh, the rules change a little bit on Monday for us all in the, in the UK, don't they? Yeah, on our road map. Yeah, so I think as of Monday, we can meet one more person for a cup of coffee outside, I believe. Yeah. Or, you know, just general chit-chatting, catching up outside. So, Jim, does this mean that we can actually do maybe a interview together over around a microphone outside? And a cup of coffee, yes. <laughs> okay. That sounds, so we just need it to warm up. A little we bit need a, yeah, it warm up. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yes, there we go. We should speak to our good friends in uh, Ursu or uh, Fourth Element. Uh, other bands are, are available who make heated suits and also good thermals. We sit there in our wetsuits and <laughs> just to keep extra legs. We've done that before, haven't we? <laughs> well, as I sat here in my dry suit on episode 61, yes. Yeah. Which will be on YouTube for you all to see. Certainly is. Yeah. So uh, look out for that. And uh, if you've got any requests of what you want Gem to wear, there we go, right in. <laughs> the email address is we want Gem to wear at yeah. the big <laughs> So, yes. Uh, don't forget the old bat phone. Um, we always we, we always need your messages and it's a really simple, easy way to leave a message, say hello, and uh, let's know who, because you know, there are parts of the world who are still diving. And do let us know. And as of Monday, you know, it's going to be even easier to do that. That number is 07810005924. Or if you've got a scuba product or something which you want to uh, let's say, get the word out there. It's another way you can do it. And it doesn't even cost you anything. How's that? Yeah. Or you can send us a voice message on Facebook Messenger, Instagram. Yeah, got any questions, let us have it. And also, if you're on the old YouTube, don't forget to subscribe, hit the notification bell, and uh, keep up to date when eventually we're going to be out and about again, Jen. <laughs> Yeah, I'm diving. I don't know what we're going to do with all this freedom again. That's going to be awesome, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it's going to be good. Might even be able to go diving. Mm. Travel. Travel. Yeah. Yes, more than a few miles. And... Travel? What's travel? Forget these days. I can't remember the time I drove. I know. Anyway, so that's that. I hope that's kind of brought us up to date with what we've all been up to. And uh, just generally trying to keep fit, trying to keep active and fit and well through the lockdowns. And uh, we um, hopefully will be out and about a bit more, really, as soon as we are allowed. That's the yeah. plan. And the weather's getting better. The nights are lighter. So it's all yeah. Lighter. yeah, and the lockdown is getting lighter. Yes, which is good. So uh, I think that's enough of us rattling on. Should we um, get our guests on and have a have a chat with them? Yes, so we're going to have a chat with Ken and... Husband and wife team. Mm, be interesting. Okay, right, let's go get them. Uh, Ken and Kimba Kiefer, welcome to the Big Scuba podcast and thank you very much for joining us. Uh, I believe you are in the lovely part of the world of Houston, Texas. 
We are. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for All right. No, thank you very much. And uh, Gemma's in Pakeford and I'm in the lovely world of Bungie. We're all on the coast of the UK. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so Ian's a little bit inland and I'm right. I live on the coast, so I can see. Right on the sea. Yes, very good. So Ken and Kimber, our husband and wife team, um, work to create some really uh, great underwater art and have a passion for everything underwater and use it as a platform to educate and share their experiences with others. And Kimber, you often, you're Ken's uh, model underwater as well. So could you, for people who don't know, you've not seen your work, uh, could you tell us who, you know, a bit more about who you are and what you do and, uh, you know, like how you create great pictures, like what you've got behind you? I got into diving uh, back in the early 90s. I just, I, I was lifeguarding at a swimming pool and the scuba classes would come in. And at first I was irritated with them because I wanted to go hit the clubs and they would stay late. And then one day one of them said, here, come in here and breathe off this and go underwater. And the minute I was sitting on the bottom of the pool, staring up and breathing, I was fascinated and I was enthralled. And uh, I, I went straight through and surprisingly, I became a scuba and a patty instructor before I had been in saltwater. I went straight through and just dove, 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 and then worked my way through dive master rescue. And then I, I took my instructor and there, I could get a discount because I worked at a pool and so I, I was able to work out some deals. So I, I saw swimming pools and quarries for the first year and a half until I became an instructor. And then I was able finally to go see saltwater, which just multiplied my love for it because it's just incredible. Yeah. And, uh, the, the photography kind of came about. I had done land, done some weddings, sports, stuff like that. But when I saw some of the things that are underwater in the ocean and my friends and family just couldn't see the beauty that, I, and it's hard to describe. So I just picked up anything. I, I, I got a little point and shoot camera, started trying to show people. And then, and then I didn't feel I was doing a good enough job showing them. So it just, it just grew. My, my love for, for creating came, came to the forefront and I was able to do as much as I could to show everyone what they were missing. Yeah. Did anybody from your family die or was it just kind of a complete, you didn't have no one did before. Uh, my parents learned to dive at 60 in their late sixties, just because they, they saw all the things we were doing and they just really wanted to do it. And it was, wow. it was difficult for my, for my dad. He almost drowned when he was a kid. So he was really scared of the water. So it was a process to get him acclimated to the water first, just in a pool or a bathtub or something. And then progress through to snorkeling and then to that. And, and and now they go probably five times a year to Cozumel. It's just amazing. It makes me feel so Brilliant. good. Yeah, they must be really proud. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's a, it's very, to see them under there and the love that they've discovered for it just later in life. Oh, that's great. So how did you get into the underwater world, Kimber? Um, I actually was 16 years old and my girlfriend's dad wanted to go on a dive trip to Belize. So me and her went and got service certified and it just felt natural like I just caught on to it all loved it all we went on a trip enjoyed it and I was 16 so I didn't really dive again because school I didn't really have the money to travel at Ken he was I was like well I'm actually certified it's been a while so let's um, go to Cozumel <laughs> yeah so I got refreshed we got in the pool we went to Cozumel and when we got back I went to dive mass I mean I didn't do that I just started yeah. so I've all built from there got married in Cozumel yeah no, I'm just, then. 
I saw on Facebook you just celebrated your uh, anniversary, haven't you? Just in the last few weeks. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. February fifteenth, nineteen years. We were together five years before we got married, but uh, lots, lots of ocean adventures. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, it's really good that you can share that together as well. Uh, I, I say our relationship has gotten stronger and bonded more. We share a really yeah. neat. Yeah. So uh, it's quite unusual um, that you've get you've kind of gone for both videos and stills with a lot of our guests that we've had on they've kind of done both and then gone really down to like the stills side of things you've kind of still you've kind of do both i used to i used to do video mostly years ago and and then mounting frustration with computer problems editing video i don't know if you've ever edited videos but you'll spend days and hours getting something the way you want it, and then the computer will freeze up or something. <laughs> I wanted to throw my computer in the ocean several times. And uh, the, the instant, whenever everything switched over to digital um, SLRs, it became a lot more, because before that I was shooting film, and uh, it's, sometimes it was frustrating. You, you'd be offshore somewhere, you're burning through your rolls of 36, you get home and you find a simple mistake, you know, could have changed several of the things. It, it's a, it's a lot slower learning process with the, with film versus the digital and the ability with the digital to immediately rectify mistakes and learn just kind of caught me better. And it's a lot easier. It's a lot easier to show people. You don't have to have, you know, a full length video or a 32nd video. So mm -hmm. now what we do for video is GoPros have gotten good enough. I just have a GoPro mount on my, on my, uh, rig and it's really good we initially honestly did it to show kimber what she was doing when mm. she was modeling and can't see so i could show her the video and she could adjust stuff and everything and then people really like the behind the scenes just as a just to see kind of what we're going through and uh it helps even just people that i know will say oh look at that dolphin picture that's so that's so calming and so serene and I say, yeah, you see all those dots on the top of the water? That's the that's me hyperventilating as I'm chasing this serene dolphin and I'm about to pass out. You know, like there's a lot more involved behind than the actual image. Yeah. And you don't know if they haven't done it. Yeah, because your, your pictures just look, like you say, calming and serene and just quiet. And it's, you know, I'm sure it's very different. <laughs> Even yeah. I wanted the I because when you are doing big shoot underwater like that, well, for one, I don't have a mask on, and there's so many safety, so much on your mind. Like you don't really get to take in the whole. Moment. You're so you're each so focused. All those and oh man, it just it's over, and you like so it's neat to watch. And I I, I love art, paintings, video. There's a story, and no one ever knows the story. Yeah, because yeah. you're you're a photographer as well, though, aren't you, Kim? So you. Know, how do you decide who's going to do what? Well, he's mostly the photographer. I've just kind of picked up and, I mean, I might, why not learn from him? I just kind of, I have, it's a backup camera for him because that's always good. I've just been do behind. It's neat to get the experience behind the camera too because he's experienced from me. Yeah. And is there somebody else who helps with all this when you're... Usually not. Not a lot of Usually, um, especially if we're doing a pool or something, it's us. And then if somebody, like if a client comes in and wants to do a maternity picture or a fitness or whatever they want to do, it's usually just us. Yeah. Um, it'd be great one day to get some company that wants to do a shoot and have a big, uh, I did a shoot, I did a video, part of a video for a, a rapper 
and uh, he had a he had a big video and uh, Travis Scott. Yeah. So somebody contacted me and said they wanted some underwater video. I said I don't really like editing video. They said no, you just shoot it and we'll edit it. It was a big production. There was I don't remember how many millions of dollars were spent, but they had they had Emmy Award, Grammy Award winning people doing the shoot. I pulled up and they they didn't tell me what I was shooting. They just said be here at this time and bring this amount of equipment. And I show up and there's a crowd of thousands and the police keeping everyone out and they're in the wrong spot. <laughs> and, uh, they, a, a policeman comes over and he says, you need to go. And I said, I'm looking for, for this guy, Trey. And he said, oh, you the underwater guy? I said, yeah. And he said, oh, come in. So they escort me, carry all my gear in. There's, and there was, I don't know, probably 50 lights set up around the swimming pool. And I said, well, if we're going to shoot this angle here, you need to move these lights. So they, hey, move these. And 50 guys go and move the lights at 10 seconds. I said, this is the greatest. You know? <laughs> I, I was just sitting there direct, move over here, move over here, bam, get it done. That was great. But but usually it's just the two of us. I mean, when we do big shoots, it's not just the two of us. We're there with the you know locals that know the animals. Know, I mean, there's a lot, there's a team. But they don't usually, they have their own jobs. So again, it's just, we don't have even your safety. Everyone has their jobs. Right. If we're working with any kind of a predator or something, then their job is yeah. to keep all of us safe, keep Kimber with air, keep the animals, you know, keep an, keep an eye on them, make sure. Yeah. But um, Kimber's a great help if we're shooting someone else, because then, then she can go in and adjust their hair, adjust the material, make sure everything's okay, get the bubbles off the face, off the eyebrow. There's a whole bunch of little things that, that yeah. people don't do. Yeah. Bubbles stick under eyelashes, under everywhere. You got to get those loose. Make sure there's nothing flinging out of your nose. <laughs> and so, so Kimber, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do any of these the other people without Kimber's help. And we learned together. So we, she knows the ins and outs. She had a hard time with it in the beginning. So she knows exactly what they're going through yeah. versus if it was natural for her. And then she just didn't understand why they were having problems. Hey, we had a go at this early in the lower well, last year when we started, didn't yeah. we, Jen? Yes. And um, we got one of my friends who uh, does a bit of underwater photography to get a picture of us in some poses underwater in our local dive centre pool. And, uh, yeah, that's not as easy as it looks. Yeah, you were in a DJ dinner jacket and I was in a, like, a long black cocktail-type dress. And, it was, and I hadn't even done my qualification. And it was just like... My breath holding was like seconds. <laughs> I, I would say that's the number one question people ask is, you know, how long do you hold your breath? It's not really that important because, but you do have to relax. I think that's like the thing that. Like, I would say the hardest thing that people other than Kimber have a problem with is relaxing their face. Just everything. Because even, even you can have a world-class freediver, but if they look like they're in pain or holding their breath or doing a blow fit, like, it's it takes some people are, are better at it than others but it's, it's definitely a difficult thing yeah you guys multiplied it with two people because yeah. two people is not twice as hard it's probably 10 times as hard to get both people's eyes doing the same thing at the same time and stuff so how did you kind of start what made you um kind of think kimber you know you're gonna put a dress on and have your eyes open underwater it, it actually was a progression. Um, I'd been shooting sharks a lot and I, I got some new gear. I work at a, at a rec center, a big giant indoor pool that a lot of swim teams and scuba and a lot of stuff comes to the pool. And I, I got some new gear and I really wanted to test some stuff out before I was going to dive 
uh, with, I think, Oceanics. And so I told one of the swim teams, hey, can some of your kids just swim over me? I just want to try some stuff. And they loved it. Like they were, they were seeing themselves from an, from an angle they had never seen. And I got a lot of good practice because you're just constantly shooting. I could adjust everything I wanted without, without looking around to get bit by a shark or something. And so I could, I could make a lot of adjustments and I could, I could get kind of a, like a settings that I was comfortable with for certain situations with certain light without any danger. And these, all the kids were loving it. So then Kimber said, well, I want to try something in there. And so she looked like I've got some of the pictures the first time she was doing it. It looked like someone was trying to kill her. All the, all the ligaments to her neck were sticking out. She was, she was like almost panicking and tense and they're funny to look back on. And I was like, well, I don't know if this is for you. And then she just really wanted to do it. And she just worked and worked and worked. I mean, I'm, I'm the same super proud of her that I was when my dad overcame his fear. Like she just pushed through it. And now she's doing stuff. She'll she'll have salt water jetting down her sinuses. She'll keep a pleasant look on her face, and then she'll come, and later at dinner, water will be running out of her sinuses before eating and stuff. But and she just makes it look like she's not underwater. Yeah, I would say too. I, I had gotten pretty strong into fitness um, as part of a supplement, working out and booking photo shoots, which is way out of my. Mind. That's when I started. That was like doing a photo shoot way out of my confidence level. And, and I would say that's helped me a lot because a photo shoot on the land, you learn posture, faces, like there's tricks, your angles that work good for your body. I, I think modeling on land can, you take a lot of that to water too. Um, that helped a lot. It built your confidence. You, you learn from photographers a lot. And I, so then it was like, okay, I want to do this underwater. So like he said, we tried that. <laughs> and then I wanted to do it again. And it's just like, even now, even if it's been a while since I get under there, you get in and you're, you still have your nerves and you're anxious. And it's almost like a meditation that you have to deep breath, like the setting. It's a lot of times it's crazy current settings. Like you, you have to like almost meditate I get nervous, you know, I mean, that's, you should, <laughs> you, know, you know, the risks, you know, it can be dangerous. We're well aware of that. And, you know, I feel like you do always have to do it to see you get in there. Oh, teach everybody to try that. But I mean, we started in the pool, like he said, lots of practice, know your, you know, get in the pool, shoot objects, people like in a controlled setting. Mm -hmm. So you learn your stuff. It's progression you should never just start. Start in your pool. Start start in a, a cenote. It's more controlled. It's a progression, and you should start. It's a it's amazing how many people want contact us and want to. They've never been in the ocean, but they want to immediately go sixty feet down and model with sharks. And there's or they want to go sixty feet down and. Why is that though? Do you think? Who what? Why do you think that is? I, well, they like, I mean, it, I love the visuals of it and everything, but people just want to really jump into it. And they, you, you need to be before I, I always think you need to be an excellent scuba diver before you even touch a camera. You need, yeah. you need to not be thinking about your buoyancy. I don't think about my buoyancy. Like it's just natural after the years. And so you, you should be a great scuba diver first. You should yeah. understand safety scenarios, emergency scenarios really well ingrained. Then you can pick up a camera, start messing with the camera, and you should know your camera before you ever come around a predators. Because as most reputable dive operations that dive with predators and things like that, they'll kick you out if you're spending your time, you know, adjusting, chimping your pictures and adjusting your dial. 
you need to know your settings. You can't be, you can't be looking around and then staring at your camera and, and when things are happening around you that are unsafe. And that's really where getting in a pool, if you're, if you're not on vacation, your vacation and your short time around the, you know, in the ocean and around the things, it's not the time to be learning your camera. Learn your camera in your bathtub or your swimming pool. You should know your camera and, and take, that way you can take full advantage of every opportunity instead of wasting. Yeah. yeah. So do you actually get people that are non-scuba divers coming and saying, film me underwater or take a picture of me underwater? We do a lot. And usually, I mean, we won't take anyone straight in the ocean, but we'll, we'll start in the pool, start in the shallow pool, get them. And, and then I was a scuba instructor. I know if they, you know, if they can, and then we'll bring in a scuba instructor to, to teach them and get them to the level where they're comfortable doing that. But it is definitely a progression. It's not a, Hey, let's just go do this. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. It must be, um, yeah, quite daunting for people. Yeah. That, I know how bad it was for me when I yeah, sort of went in and thinking, where's the regulator? <laughs> you have to come here with Kimber's assistance. We could make you pros together. <laughs> well, we just went to Cozumel um, the last time we went and his parents went. And we had been on a trip before and his mom wanted to go down and watch us do a modeling shoot. And we went down on the shipwreck. Well, she couldn't get down because the current was so strong. <laughs> So she didn't get to be part of it. And it was a short, quick one, because of course, so this last time she wanted to go down, her him, her and him, oh my gosh, they we did not they watched our videos, they just couldn't believe how all the do to make it happen. Yeah. It is amazing. And uh, there's really good advice as well for because uh, we get people who are listening to us who are brand new divers or non-divers as well. And hearing you say that, you know, uh, it's brilliant advice because it's the easiest thing in the world uh, is uh, jump in when you haven't been diving for a while and take a GoPro and then get into a muddle, you know. So, uh, yeah, learn to dive and get your buoyancy and all that, right? It's, uh, you know, that's uh, brilliant advice. So um, you've got quite an involvement with sharks. You, you're involved with the, um, is it in France? You've got an involvement there? Uh, yeah, Sharks Mission France. Uh they're really anyone, pretty much anyone that's trying to get word out and help the sharks. We're willing to absolutely contribute images or knowledge of what we've been involved with. But, um, and I really enjoy, we, we teach a lot of swim lessons at the pool I'm at. And I found children are the most receptive to change in their thoughts. A lot of adults are so set. And I myself, I, I saw Jaws, I was probably seven or eight years old. And it terrified me. I didn't want to get in the bathtub. I didn't want to go near a swimming pool. But the fact that it terrified me so much, I really wanted to know why it was, what they were and why it was scaring me. So I, was, I would hit the library every day and bring home stacks of books and try to learn and watch shows. And uh, the more I learned about them, I was not terrified at all. I was fascinated with them. And the first time I saw a shark diving in Belize, I, time just slowed down and I was I was enthralled, loved it, the beauty of it moving and everything. And uh, so my perceptions were completely flip-flop with knowledge. But a lot of adults won't, won't accept that knowledge. They're just like, nope, sharks eat you, that's it. I'm, you know, a little bit of blood and you're, that's it, you're over. And that's not the case. And so I love, especially uh, shark, Sharks for Kids. Yeah. Uh, they're based out of, out of Bimini. They're really, really, they push a lot of education. They'll help out. Teachers can call them and they'll have Zoom meetings 
from Bimini with some baby sharks, like at the shark lab. And they'll, they've got lots of material that they'll, they'll give the classes and everything. And so they can help spread knowledge to the children, which is what really is the future versus trying to change four or five adults, in my opinion. Yeah, well, conservation-wise and yeah, research-wise, the children are going to be there to yeah, carry it on forever, won't they? Yeah. And there's, there are days that I'll even see kids that have asked me questions and I've, I've explained stuff and I've shown them videos and they'll to go tell their dad. Yeah, no, look, come watch this. And, and they're trying to tell their parents too. And I, I it really, I, I love that feeling. So let's talk about crocodiles. All right. Yeah. So last, when, um, before the, before the temporary break, um, we were talking about sharks. Uh, so, you know, you take, you take quite a few photos of Kimball with crocodiles. Um, what's it, what's, you know, do you approach that the same way? You, you know, how, how do you get on with taking photos of crocodiles? Because, can you read them the same way? You, you can't read them, but after you observe them for a while, certain ones act in different ways. And uh, some of them are more calm and stable, and some are insane. The, uh, some of them just come straight at your face and try to bite you, and you just shove the camera in their face. And we have a, a really extensive, excellent safety team anytime we're around the crocodiles. And uh, they're super knowledgeable. They know, you know, they're a whole lot of about their life cycle and everything like that, but they, they know where to look, where they're coming from. Basically it's an atoll in Mexico and there's 500 plus of crocodiles up in the lagoon, but we don't go in the lagoon obviously, but outside the lagoon for a hundred years or so for generations, fishermen from the Yucatan Peninsula have come out there and they have fishing shacks offshore out of the mangroves. And they have pens and they go out for a couple months during the season. They collect, they either, different seasons, they either do lobster or they do fish. Well, when they're cleaning the fish over the years, crocodiles hear that slap of the water. And so they come out for a free, easy meal because the crocodiles, the crocodiles down there, they don't, obviously don't have wildebeest and things to eat like the salties in Australia, but the, uh, they eat birds, iguanas, fish, tarpon, stuff like that. So they, they hear the fish, they come out. So Luckily, only a couple at a time, usually. And so when one's out, we've got safety, safety people up on top looking to see if any are swimming and approaching. And then we've got somebody in the, you'll see in the behind the scenes, there's a guy with a stick or two guys with a stick. And they aren't, to, they aren't to stab or slash or, you know, do anything to the crocodile. All they are is a barrier. And mm -hmm. so if the crocodile's coming forward and you set the stick there, they hit the stick and they say, okay, that's not food. And they turn around. And so... Wherever I'm taking a shot of Kimber, there's a stick closer to the, the crocodile than, you know, we just have, it takes, it takes imaginative positioning. We have to see, like, I may, I may want a shot with the sun coming over her shoulder and a crocodile here. Crocodile gets here and that's where we're going. <laughs> you, you can't really, you can't put the, the pieces where you want them. You just have to adapt to whatever, whatever mother nature allows. Yeah. But safety is always number one concern before we do anything. Yeah. And I wonder so we like a lot you just want to have the experience with the sharks or the crocodiles uh, yeah. with a mask first get Good in point. like you don't just oh, okay we're going to model get in like i get in i feel for the behavior i okay like this crocodile we're, we're in there a whole day with them with masks studying them kind of getting a vibe for the experience you want to make sure you have the experience just mm -hmm. the way it's supposed to be that's, a, that's a great point for anything she didn't, she didn't model the crocodiles on even our first or second trip with crocodiles. You know, we, 
Right, but we didn't work out. She got more understanding and knowledge. Same with sharks. We had dove with sharks for years and years and years before we ever attempted to take a mask off or try anything. Yeah, it, isn't it? Is that widely known that you, you've that, done? Is that widely known that you've done that? Uh, it it came yeah it came out a lot of I don't know what the little magazine over there the Daily News Daily Mail Daily Mail yeah they did it there was a couple magazines in um, Germany I believe somewhere in Asia they will contact me and then they'll run a feature and I don't even the only downside for me I don't know exactly what they say in the article so they could be saying horrible things <laughs> because I can't read it. But the, uh, usually when, whenever I've had somebody, specifically the German, and I'll have a friend translator or something, they're, they're more interested in the science than, for instance, say, Shark Week trying to dramatize the whole event. Mm. But I mean, it, just the images are kind of dramatic by themselves yeah. and catch your eye. And that's kind of one of the things we're, we, like to, we like to do things that, that make you look and make you think, and then we can explain what we're doing and why, you know, and we're, we're not trying for, we're not adrenaline seekers by any means. I, I'm scared of heights. I don't really want adrenaline flowing. I get enough of that on the freeway in a car. So I, I'm actually a lot calmer with the sharks and the predators because I'm at, I'm at home and I'm comfortable. I'm not doing it for any sort of thrill seek. Yeah. I will say like difference, the, the, cro- the crocodiles get a lot more, you get a lot more um, controversy about them. Like doing what we do. Yeah. Like we're stupid. We have a death wish. You know, you just, you, if you go read comments on a picture or something, it's a lot of that, but um, it's not, I mean, there's a, they don't, it's even if you go there for that experience and you're not modeling, it's when you get there, like you're, you're nervous, you know, like, Oh my gosh, how are we going to do this? But when you see the setting and the safety and, and the long the, briefing, the easy to get in and out. And it's, I mean, it's just, it's different, you know, it's hard to explain and people are, are very negative and judgmental about it. And yeah. we're not like that. Some people. Yeah. I mean, some, yeah. <laughs> I mean, minority. It's the internet, you know, people are right. judgy anyways. Yeah. But there'll always be keyboard warriors that will yeah. you know, have big issues yes. and try and make something out of something. Yeah. Much smaller. So, uh, even people like um Sir David Attenborough and National Geographic you know even they get bad press and uh you know criticisms and thumbs down and all those sort of things I think sometimes you have to uh regard that as a marked success in some regards because yeah. I think well you know you you're causing people to react and uh they've looked at it and thought and that'd be for all sorts of reasons why they've reacted in, in that way, you know. And um, and some of it might not even anything to do with your actual photo. So and it's uh, an opportunity to educate too, and some conservation. Yeah. And yeah, some people don't accept it, but it does yeah. give you an opportunity. Yeah. And I think if you were in someone like National Geographic or David Attenborough's company for getting negative comments, you're not doing too bad, really. I think so. Because uh, <laughs> you know the thing is. You know, you've got people like Paddy that says to brand new divers, you know, obviously don't touch animals, don't interact, watch from afar. And that, you know, that is right, you know, because you don't want to change animals' behaviour. But I was looking at some of your photos and I I was wondering if that's clever photography where it actually looks like you're close, but actually in reality, because of the water mechanics and... 
you know, uh, that actually you're actually quite quite a way away, but it's only because of the water and the angle and the light actually makes you look closer than what you rea in reality what you are. Some of that absolutely, especially with the fisheye and the the depth perception. You after you learn the equipment, you you can maximize where things go to to to, to work with that. So you mm -hmm. use that as one of your tools to create the image. You I, like I know where it's going to make you know where it's going to look, but yeah, we don't touch them. The only touching we do is, for instance, if you dive a tiger shark, tiger sharks bite every single thing around. So you just redirect them. You just move them or push them with the camera. But I don't go out and, and pet anything or touching is not what we do. But well, I think a good thing example of that is with the crocodiles because I did it on two different trips and occasions. And the first time he's like, get closer, get closer. I'm like, I'm as close as I'm comfortable, right? <laughs> so, I mean, I only do what I'm comfortable with and what feels right, of course. And then... You know, and there's another one of me with the croc. And I was like, you're leaning on it. You're touching it. And if you watch the video, I'm like, she like was you said, three or four foot away, yeah. leaning on the sand. But where I took the picture, it looked like she was leaning on the croc, but she wasn't. Yeah. yeah. What's your vision like underwater? We've obviously no mask because you have your eyes open. Can you kind of see quite well or is it? No. And that's what people get a misconception about, too, is it's blurry. Like, <laughs> You know, someone's like, well, I wear glasses and I have to take, I'm like, it doesn't matter if you have perfect vision. It's foggy and I can see shapes. So I can see movement, but not clearly. So, you know, it's like with that crop, like I can tell he's moving, but I'm not sure which direction. So I just pull back. Um, but yeah, it's clear. It's cloudy. Got your eyesore. Huh? Got to make your eyes sore as well, isn't it? Uh, well, the... It can, yeah. The pool chlorine is probably the worst. If you have a saltwater pool, it is better. Um, and he adjusts the chemicals for if we know we're shooting in the pool just to make it easier. But over time, yes, it does burn. The saltwater, you know, when you're scuba diving and you get like one drop in your eye and your mask, it burns so bad, like you can't even. Well, when you open your eyes, it's not the same. It doesn't burn like that. It's thank, an initial. Thank yeah, thank goodness. I don't think I could tolerate that. It's initial. But um, it kind of just goes away. But, you know, after you do it for a few hours, you do yeah. have it in your eyes. Yeah. It bother you. Um, the cenotes is clear. Fresh water is just, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't burn your sinuses. It doesn't burn your eyes. You're not as buoyant. That's a big thing, the buoyancy. In the ocean. Yeah. But the cenotes are really nice, but they're cold. <laughs> it's freezing. Buoyancy. <laughs> do you actually wear weights when you're, yeah. Salt water and with predators, you need to have body control. So yes, I mean, if I'm doing like a surface thing, um, I can avoid it a little bit, but it is hard because then your the purpose when you free dive is to hold all your air in. So you and you can't do that when you need to exert air. Buoyancy is so big to understand, and that's why when we get inexperienced people, they don't understand buoyancy. So I try to send them videos and like practice in your pool because that's such a big thing. Yeah, I have to wear weights because there's no way with currents. And then I can still use the air. So that's the other thing with breathing off, um, you know, scuba. And they're like, don't hold your breath. A lot of people comment on that. But, you know, we're not changing depths ever when we hold our breath. So you got to understand all that before yeah. you're we've had, we've had to experiment a great deal to hide weights. We, yeah. NASA, the neutral buoyancy lab is really close to us. And they use a lot of flat weights. And so I was able to get some of those in there so that you can slip them in, you know, easier than a scuba weight. I've even tried uh, big sheets of lead. I, I need, I need a, 
like a medieval armor <laughs> that can shape lead in the exact way we need You're it. You're a chainmail suit. Yeah, just like some lead underwear or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had a, a girl here locally in Houston, and I was I, we incorporated some into a belt because it matters. Like sometimes I'm wearing form fitted stuff, and it's like I have to put that clunky weight belt on, but you have to. And yeah. uh, we incorporated it into some belt stuff, and then I can drop some down in my back up here. So I always have some weight to give me control. There's a company out your way. Um, in your neck of the woods called Neptunic. That's, that's the right name in it, Jim. Yeah. You yeah. make all the... Um, yeah, they're actually... Um, they came from this guy. Branched <laughs> oh, off from, uh, from Shark Armor. That's it. That's, that's another company as well. Yeah. Yeah, actually, Shark Armor was first, and then uh, he, he developed the, the armor, the, the chainmail, and then they branched off. I don't know the whole business since but then neptunic branched off but but he's the one that invented it i've got some gloves made from it yeah and do you use it much i use them if we're going to be like if we're around some of the reef sharks and stuff and they're they're good to pull hooks out like if somebody puts a shark in tonic you can you can put pull the hook out without worry because you could they bite them and you feel it you feel the pressure but they don't the teeth don't get through yeah. they would they would not be effective against like a tiger or great white or something <laughs> No, I bet. I bet. Hello. So you mentioned the NBL because we've uh, previously interviewed uh, an astronaut, uh, Mike Fink, and also um, one of the divers as well. Uh, the Pete, Miller. Pete Miller. Yeah. Yeah. So have you actually dived in the pool? I got to dive in it. I, I've been wanting to dive in it since they built the thing 20 some years ago and, and they, they won't let anyone in. And um the a company had rented them. They built an underwater submersible. It's a it's an autonomous robot, like a transforming robot. It starts out as a submarine, and then the arms and the head come out, and they can do autonomous tasks underwater. And they hired me to shoot it in the MBL. Wow. So not only did I get in the MBL, I got paid to get in the MBL, wow. which is awesome. It was really incredible. It's an amazing place. Yeah, big place as well. Oh wow! So with your job, do you get taken all over the world to do shoots or uh, obviously in normal times without COVID affecting us? We have, but not as, not as many places as I would like or as often as we'd like, but the, uh, we're, we're willing to shoot anything underwater. We'll find a way to make it work. So if anyone has any crazy ideas, we'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah. But the, uh, we haven't, we haven't been much, um, like over in the Indonesia or anything, Tahiti, Fiji, we've never been. And a lot of that is just due to travel time so that you need to get off three weeks to make it worthwhile to get over there. And we just haven't had the opportunity. We'd love to at some point. It has given us a lot of opportunities, what we do. Um, you know, we have some sponsorships with the Icolite Underwater Housing, Sherwood Scuba. Um, it, it has given us a lot of opportunities. We've made a lot of great friendships with people that have given us a lot of opportunities to do a lot of what we've done so it, it is a blessing it's a it's a money-making hobby that gives us opportunities and we can't beat that yeah our equipment we couldn't do anything without any of our equipment obviously but the uh it's almost like a family relationship between us and iClight and as well as sherwood but for iClight we'll come up with ideas and kimber says i want to really she saw pictures at dima of uh 
some underwater coral that was that was almost like a black light. It was fluorescence. And she said, wow, we could do some of that modeling in the pool. So she talks with the owner of Eichlight and he, he had these dichroic filters. He sent us for the strobes and some remote mm -hmm. actuators so that we could trigger four or six strobes underwater. And so we could make some crazy glowing underwater stuff just just because he was excited about it too and wanted to work with it. Yeah. Well, it's Great. a small world, isn't it? The diving world. Yeah. 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 I think one thing with him too, he didn't really talk about what the equipment he uses and stuff, but uh, that's what's been neat with him and Icolite. He used Icolite long before he was sponsored, but they, you know, John, the owner, he can get so much specific feedback from somebody utilizing the equipment to precise measurements. Okay. What, what's happening? Like when he's creating something new, new housing, with the lenses like they really communicate and like pinpoint and allows him to create better equipment for the photographer it's, it's just a great back and forth that he wants to try something i'm willing to experiment and, and do what he needs underwater and try it out and then i can get feedback and then we just it's a two-way street and it's it's wonderful yeah, yeah. The way things develop as well isn't it and evolve yeah. exactly and it's happened with our scuba gear too they've just come out with some new equipment and we get the prototypes and go on a trip and we're like you know this didn't work this didn't work so that's neat. <clears throat> yeah there's quite a lot of symmetry in your photos i've noticed with the uh composition you know you focus with the thing the subject either in the center but then when kimber there's a photo which particularly got my attention i think that's what made me contact you can in the first place was um i think you you're in the bottom of the pool kimber with a like red dress on and it's a virtually mirror image of then uh, above the reflection you know yeah brilliant with the re reflection like that as you know, I, I spend a lot of time working on angles to try to get reflections like i like sometimes i like just a really ripped apart distorted reflection and so we'll, I may be splashing to make waves to create that, or sometimes we just have to go down and wait for about 40 seconds for all the ripples to go away so that you can get an exact mirror. And I, I like to try to work with reflections anytime in the ocean with the, with the animals or whatever, obviously only at the surface, but I, I'm really fascinated with reflections and how the angles affect that and the, how, to, how to use the light to make it work. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of real illusion it brings into the picture as well. Right. Well, just more depth. Yeah, one thing with him and <clears throat> shooting, he's constantly trying to get the right depth for a specific look with the reflection, like you said. And, uh, or he's constantly like too deep, too shallow, you know. I was going to say something. <laughs> something with the reflections, darn it. But yeah, he's always telling us that, you know, depth, like, no, that's too deep, that's too shallow. He's very close. Yeah. That's, that's good how you actually um, hold that pose as well, though, because. You know, as what we found out last year, as, as, as we said earlier, it's not as easy as it looks. And but you can't, you're holding that pose and getting your dress in the right position. Uh, that's not Hair easy. and eyes and yeah. pointing your toes, and then our calves will cramp. And then, yeah, there's a lot that goes in. I'm just yeah. swimming around pulling the trigger, and she's doing all the hard work. But that's why you say you have to do it a lot of times because you need every aspect to nail yeah. it. Time. So what's easier? Is it filming? Is it taking pictures of uh, the human species or animal? Well, <laughs> just to work with. Animals are easier, except for you just have to account for Mother Nature. But the first time we were shooting somebody else, 
I think it was a maternity shoot or something. And Kimber says, she whispers in my ear. She's like, you need to give them feedback. You need to tell them they're doing good. And I said, they're not doing good. They suck. But she said, don't tell them that. You've got to encourage them and then tell them what to do. And so in that way, it's easier because you can position them where you want. You can position the light where you want. A lot of times, especially in a, in a setting like that. But then you get, you're getting negative feedback too. Like if they're not happy or they're, you know, their eyes are getting burned or they're hungry or angry or whatever. So I put sharks to me, sharks just doing their thing. And then I adjust where I want to be. So it's pretty easy with the models. You know, you got to make sure they're happy. And, and everything. Well, I want to touch on this too, because it, it is like, you got to build their confidence. You know, you want them to have confidence and then you want to, you know, make sure you're getting good images that they're happy with and that you're right. happy with. And it's, it's a lot, even psychologically to make sure everybody's happy and doing, you know. and I'm really, I'm really kind of a perfectionist and I want to do things over and over and over and it, it can get exhausting for them. I mean, I understand, I understand what they're going through. And so I don't push them past where, but for both of us, they want a best image and I want the best image. So mm-hmm. we, we've got to work together to do that. And and of course- I, oh, go ahead. And of course, Ken, you just answered that completely wrong because what you should have said was, Kimber's the best to work with, of course. <laughs> well, she is. <laughs> Absolutely. But she's Too also more than her doing that. <laughs> more than her. She, she's invaluable for any time there's anyone else around. But yeah, I mean, she does stuff that I don't think I could ever just be like, hey, will you try this to anyone else? Um, well, being physically pretty fit must be a big benefit as well. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a benefit for uh, diving in general. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's I don't ever work. get it's all hard work. any diving. I've always got her as a dive buddy versus having some random, you know, who knows. <laughs> um, you know, that's another thing with us um, being married and a couple and getting to do it so much together. The experience of just knowing each other and how he works and how I work and that he's so adaptable underwater with situations as mother nature, the visibility's bad. Like, I mean, you hit anybody who dives knows like things don't come out perfect and you may go on a trip and you have bad weather the entire time. Like you don't get to control that stuff. And you know, you can cry and be mad all you want, but you need to learn to adapt and make the best out of the situation, you know, find something else locally that's cool to do or that's possible. He knowing being adaptable is huge, huge in all of that. And us knowing each other and working together is because I know that his, he has my safety as number one for sure. So I know he's an extra safety and that I know that he's capable of whatever the situation, even if we don't, sometimes we only have 20, 30 minutes under there. You know, and for everything to get done is a quick opportunity and, you know, keeping safety and all that in mind. But I know he's adaptable and we'll go down there and we'll get something, you know, instead of the stress of that. Because sometimes it's quick. Sometimes it's not a long time to have that opportunity. You know, sometimes you're too deep. You can't stay down that long because that's the other thing, too. You still got to follow your tables. You still got to do all that diving on top of modeling. Yeah. So do you actually get out for recreational diving together outside of work? (laughs) Yeah. I've only dove without a camera one time in my (laughs) entire probably 25 years. And the only reason that was the first time we went to Crocodiles, it's a, it's a long, fast boat ride out to the atoll. And we get out there, and I've got my camera. I'm ready to go. And 
they say, hey, we're going to go down and dive for, for lionfish, invasive lionfish. They spear the lionfish. They cut off spines. They slap them around and, and give the crocodiles some. And, and, and the guy says, do you want to go do it? And I said, no, I'm taking pictures. I, I'm always assume if I leave my camera, there's going to be a mermaid or a narwhal show up or something. And so he said, well, the more lionfish we kill, the longer the crocs stay. So I set my camera down, show me how the spear thing works. And I went down and shot like 15 lionfish. But that's the only time I haven't taken a camera. And even if, even if I don't use it that much, I don't know what to do with my hands when I'm underwater when I don't have it. And, uh, and I like that's also an opportunity to just experiment. You know, yeah. if we're just diving on the reef or something, at least I can experiment and see what things look like from certain angles. And, and, uh, but I mean, we still enjoy diving. We, Cozumel, anywhere. But in general, we prefer big animals, mantas, stingrays, or even turtles. I love turtles. Yeah. So any plans for, for the rest of this year? Because you're out of lockdown now, aren't you, now in your state? Our state, our state's pretty free and easy yeah. in general, but we're kind of hanging loose because we don't know. They keep changing, both our country and other countries. They change the entry and exit requirements. Mm -hmm. And I kind of would like that to stabilize where it's been. This, because they change it every two weeks. And you don't want to get somewhere and they change the rules and you're stuck there. So, I mean, I would love, I would love to get down to Cabo. Um, there's a, there's a lot of stuff. There's big schools of fish. There's schools of mobula rays every once in a while. Some uh, killer whales or orcas will come by. I would love to see something like that. I would love to get over to the Bahamas again. We're missing um, hammerheads this year, which is one of our favorite. We just love Bimini in general, the people, the animals. Mm. But, uh, so we're kind of, are you guys locked down? Yeah, but it is. Yeah, yeah we're currently, we, that's why we're separate because we can't mix apart from out, one person outdoors. And yeah, but it is relaxing. We've got a road, what they call a roadmap now. So they're saying ultimately by the 21st of June, we should be free. But it depends how everybody behaves. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. Ready to get back at it for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. not diving. Yeah, we can't dive. Um, I think some, if you're local, near a site you can dive from the 29th of march um, yeah luckily we've got a pool in the backyard and a pool at work so we can do something yeah that's good yeah 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 no it's, it's just a matter of time but we'll get there yeah so is there a location on your uh, uh on a bucket list that you haven't where you haven't dived yet we uh like i said we haven't done any of the Actually, Fakaraba is one of my dream destinations. I would really like to go. Fakaraba? It's fun <laughs> to say. It's over sounded, by, sounded like something else. <laughs> it's over by uh, Rangaroa and I think French Polynesia. Yeah, yeah, Rangaroa. Yeah. Rangaroa. Rangaroa is one of Rangaroa them. and then Fakaraba is somewhere near there. <laughs> Just this. Not a real place. <laughs> Come on, that's not real. It is. It's like a kind of area, isn't it? It's a yeah. That that may be one of the reasons I want because it's so fun to say. But there's just such variety on the same dives. I've seen people where they're out and there's dolphins come by and some kind of whale and a thousand sharks and then it just looks amazing. Yeah, I've looked that up. I've not heard of that place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, when you Google it, be careful with the spelling. You never know oh, what, <laughs> what comes up. <laughs> so in terms of kind of marine animals have you got any marine animal that you haven't 
photograph. Oh, absolutely. Orcas are number one. Mm. And, then, and I need a Mako. I've seen a Mako zoom by, but I, I don't count an animal unless it's within arm's reach for a while and I can get some. So orcas, Makos, I would love to see a narwhal, um, uh, leatherback turtle. Thresher's uh-huh. kind of, I think they're kind of strange looking and I don't, the only place I know of, it's a real deep short dive at 4 a.m. or something like that. So I'm like, nah, you know, that's not as appealing to me because just seeing it is not enough. I want to be able to create, like, I, I need to have an image in my mind. So Orca is absolutely number one. Yeah, Orca is not in uh, Norway. No. <laughs> <laughs> that looks rough. Yeah, it's yeah. got to be cold. So have you, do you do yeah. water diving or are you always wetsuit? I've never worn a dry suit. Um, the closest we won a seven mil doing the great whites and as a part of the documentary was getting ready and I decided so many sharks were back at the back of the cage. We jumped in without, with just board shorts and a swimsuit and uh, it's, it's brisk. We don't love the cold. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, obviously, because our, our first, uh, our first scheduled podcast was when Texas froze and nobody here knows what to do. Oh, yeah, so disaster. everything breaks, the pipes yeah. break, the internet, disaster. the power goes out. Yeah, it's crazy it's a bit like well England when it snows it all grinds to a halt a bit but we are we are prepared for it but it's, yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah so oh well you'll have to yeah if you get to Norway you'll have to do your dry suit stuff won't you yeah, we'd have to figure all that out <laughs> one day I'm not saying I wouldn't suck it up and do it <laughs> it just would take some convincing right I mean if I get the choice between Orca and Cabo with blue water and sun, or Orca in Norway, where there's two hours of sunlight a day. Ah, oh, Cabo. <laughs> we'll, try the, we'll try the warmer spot first. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, sometimes you just got to go where you've got to go to see the world. Yeah. 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 You definitely do have to weather the mother nature if you want the experience in anything. Yeah. So if you could take three people into the, the water and uh, maybe take photos of them, or but just take them diving, who would you like to take him? Well, <laughs> like, Mila Kunis has been my dream yeah. girlfriend for my entire life, so I would like to introduce her to diving. I would like to take David Attenborough and show him underneath versus what he's just seeing up on top. Mm. That would be amazing. And, and just to listen to him for the entire – because you know all the – like especially if you take a liveaboard, all the time you get to spend making friends and talking – I would love to hear his stories, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, maybe put me on the spot and I'm having a hard time. Um, who would be amazing? I've heard Will Smith's a good time underwater with sharks. My buddy Stuart Cove taught him or took him diving with sharks the first time. And he's, he's dealt with a lot of celebrities. And he said Will Smith was just like a regular happy guy and and then some of the people are real uptight and only take their own boat and have 20 security and stuff like that. So I'm kind of more... had Travis Scott. Um, <laughs> I could take, oh, I could take Travis Scott, famous rapper, take him to meet, meet sharks. That'd be cool. Yeah, I, I can think of one you'd like to have, hmm. like an Olympic swimmer, Michael Phelps, something like oh. that. Like, I know he did some shark stuff for Shark Week, I think. Yeah, but I think I could do some better some shark shots. stuff with my. I've reached Phelps. out to people. His wife is pregnant, so I reached out to her because how cool would that be to do a maternity yeah. shoot with your husband? 
But I reach out to a lot of people, but you know, you get rejected a lot, but you just gotta keep trying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so how about you, Kimbo? Have you got three people that you'd like? To- oh, I mean, I, I literally, cause you know, Beyonce did an underwater maternity shoot. I wanted to do some actress maternity shoot. I've reached, reached out to Michael Phelps' wife. Um, I, I'm always trying, you know, that's the thing when you, you just get rejection a lot, but you keep at it, keep chasing your dreams. And- what about, um, uh, oh God, I can't, my mind's gone blank. Uh, Barack, what's uh, Barack Obama's wife? Um, Michelle Obama? Yes. Michelle Obama. Would, would she be someone you'd like to take? I thought she'd uh, potentially be, you know, somebody who would find it underwater potentially in- interesting. Yeah, I would say anybody that has a broad audience, I would love to introduce the sharks so that they could spread the word further. And so especially the two of them are great, great speakers, unlike myself. And so if we could get them on the side of sharks, that would be a great benefit. Yeah. 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 There's so many people that once they see the underwater world, it would just change their yeah. view of the world, wouldn't it? So, yeah. That's a lot to share. That's what we try to do. We try to show people what's under there that don't get to experience that because you know, really a select few people in the world do. Right. Like, like you said, it's a small world and especially the more specialized, like people that dive under the ice, it's a very small group. People that dive with sharks and crocodiles, it's a small group and a lot of them know each other. And Mm -hmm. so that needs to broaden out. It needs to be the, the, just the knowledge needs to be more widespread. Yeah. Yeah. And that kind of leads me on to the next question. If you could have a billboard that you could put something on to put out there across the world, um, so it could be words, pictures, images. What would you put on it to get a message out to the entire world? Well, besides an image, I, I really like what I think with Kim, the image of, images of Kimber with shark, it makes people look at it. And then if they ask questions, like, how is that possible? Is that fake? Is that, we get a lot of, is that fake? But then also I would put the words that I've got on my desk at work on a cutout which is good vibes only because I think our world needs a lot more good vibes because everyone now is so interested in finding the wrong thing, finding what one person did 10 years ago that was horrible in their, in their past. I don't care about their past. Let's see what they can do now. Let's make people more positive and happy. Yeah. That's so Where did that come from? The good vibes only. Yeah. Well, actually I was sending something to iClyde. I think I was sending them one of my hoodies or something. And I put some joke stuff in the box and so then they'll send something and they're sending me a strobe. They put some, and one of the guys there, Mike Rabideau, he just sent me some 1970s stickers and stuff. And he put this, it's a cutout. I guess he was trying um, one of their water jets or something. And it's a piece of acrylic, a red piece of acrylic. And he wrote good vibes only on it and sent it as a joke. And I loved it. So I stuck it on my desk and I make everyone see it when they come in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you've got to be positive and yeah, cheerful and happy, and you know that's the way. Right. There needs to. We need to get back to that. There's too much. Don't worry about what somebody. The one word that was horrible. In general, take the meaning, not the word. Yeah. Yeah. Look forward. That's amazing. No, that's really good. Really, really good. So, if people want to find out more about you and what you do, where is the best place for them to find you? Uh, the most images probably on Instagram, which is Ken Ken underline Kiefer underline underwater. I'm on Facebook, Ken Kiefer. My website is kenkiefer.com. And uh, got questions? Absolutely, email, message me. I I'd love to spread the knowledge of what we're doing and 
and hope more people get into it. Yeah, that's brilliant. And uh, same question for Kimber. What would you put on the um, uh, board as well? Would you put anything different? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I get it. I mean, I, I just think life is short and precious, you know, when there's things you want to do and to get out of your comfort zone and learn. I mean, you grow and learn so much about yourself. And, you know, even if you feel nervous, like we don't even in these podcasts, like, I mean, we're better at it, but like public speaking, I guess I would say makes us really nervous, but you know, we love what we do and we're very passionate about it. And it's just, you have to remember that and life is short. And if you don't do things that feel your soul and give you passion, you're missing out because you know, nobody's guaranteed tomorrow. And yeah. I just, you know, with all this turmoil in the world, it's just, you better, we still have to live and you, you just, you need to grow and learn and have a passion and experience it. You know, we're not just here to work and pay bills and stay yeah. at home. You know, there's a lot to do. Yeah. 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 Sorry. If people want to find out more about you, Kimber, have you got a website and Instagram and Facebook? Um, I do have Instagram. And if you go on his Instagram, I'm tagged on there a lot too. You can find me on his, but uh, mine's at Kimber Kiefer. And then Facebook also. I do have a website, but it's old fitness stuff. It's not really updated, but it's KimberKiefer.com. So we need to find an excellent web designer to... (laughs) <laughs> maybe make our stuff more interesting <laughs> well i'm sure there might be one listening so. yeah no, that's really good that's it. we get spam emails about that all the time nearly every day we don't want those guys <laughs> usually from india for some reason <laughs> that's brilliant thank you very much for coming on and uh, uh sharing that time with us it's, it's been brilliant and hearing about your photography and how you do it and uh, it's been awesome so and it's a positive message as well it's what we like well thanks thanks for choosing us and giving us an opportunity to share our experiences sorry about our uh, ineffective wi-fi in our neighborhood (laughs) 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 Uh, it all happens so yeah Yeah. it's been lovely to meet you (laughs) nice to meet you okay have a nice evening okay bye bye (laughs) well um i hope everybody enjoys that that was a really good uh conversation don't you think yeah it's really fun i think you know and they were obviously maybe new to being on a podcast and yeah it came across really well and quite good fun well i want to say um thank you very much for them both uh for coming on and giving us their time and uh it wasn't easy for them because they're well one i don't think they've done anything more much with that before and also uh, conditions haven't had, you know, Texas have had a really bad storm. Yeah. And that obviously affected their connections. So um, well done for battling on and we got it finished. Yeah. yeah. It's just amazing to hear about sharks and filming with crocodiles. Yeah. And that can't be easy, you know. And, uh, you know, and what came across there is their... Uh, understanding and it reminded me of our us talking to Christina uh, you know originally and they've spent time of learning about the animal as Mm. well they haven't just gone oh we've got to take some photos let's dive down and you know and see what it's all about they've actually took the time to actually understand the animal its behavior and get advice and they've got respect you know the respectfulness for the animals, the environment, Mother Nature, as I said, as well. 
really important and it is all about practice and safety as well and that came yeah, across yeah well they are they're wild animals aren't they mm. and you have got to be um careful of that yeah. and um so yeah that's good i really enjoyed that i think that was a good episode yeah yeah no really good and i think um it's something a little bit different um from standard scuba diving with the modeling underwater and i think when people see the images that we'll be showing on our social media they're going to be wowed i think yeah yeah and here's my son just kind of turned up <laughs> oh harvey super harvey <laughs> Uber Harvey's just now turned out. So, um, okay, right. Well, I think that's it. I think that's time for. Yep, it's evening time here now. So it's time it for. It is time for the evening time to settle down. So, thank you very much. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed it and stay tuned. Don't forget to subscribe to everything on the big scuba and uh, download our episodes. And yeah, contact us. Send us direct messages on our social media or by email or on the YouTube channel. We really enjoy hearing from you and it's great for all the people that have been in contact as well. Yeah, and don't forget the back phone. We'll play the message on the big scuba 07810005924. Great. Right, that's it for me. Okay. See you on the next one. Yeah, great. Thanks for listening, everyone. And we'll see you on the next one. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We are not affiliated with any agency or organisation and all opinions expressed in this episode are our own and those of our guests. If you wish to make any comments about this episode, then please do contact us via email or our social media platforms that are listed in the episode show notes. Alternatively, you can send us a message or voice message via WhatsApp on the big scuba bat phone and the number is plus four four seven eight one zero 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 five nine two four we will always respond promptly and thank you once again for downloading this episode.